Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arman. And what have you been up to? What have you been making? Uh, I know that since the last time we talked, just you and me, you finished your complicated fabric portrait. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's all done. And it's just sitting in the studio drying very, very slowly, as oil paints do. So I haven't seen it in a while. How did you decide that it was done? I decide when things are done, <laughs> when every like brush stroke I make makes it worse instead of better. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but it's a it little funny. Like funny. It's... <laughs> so that's when I'm like, okay, stop touching it. You can't do anymore. You're just, it's going too far and it's making it worse every single time you touch it. So it's done. So I made, yeah, so it, yeah, so it's done. And I'm feeling pretty great about it. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know how I would feel now, but I felt great leaving it. And so that was really good. Possibly stupid question. Uh, Oil paint drying doesn't really change. Like you don't risk stuff falling off or anything, right? No, no. It's just you're waiting for the oil to dry, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're using oil as the, you know, dilution agent whatever that would be called. I know I used to know the word a minute ago, but it slipped my mind. The medium? Yeah. <laughs> and so you're just waiting for that essentially to dry. And what will happen to it is the colors will get duller mm-hmm. as it dries because the shininess from the oil is the color, right? Like you see a lot of the light through that. And so once it's dry and I, I go back, it's going to look a little bit duller, but then I can put a coat of varnish on it to my my desired shininess level and bring the colors back. So that's going to be kind of a fun little video. I want to take a video of doing that, of of varnishing it and seeing the color come back into the painting, which will be really exciting. I love watching those videos on Instagram. It's so satisfying. It's like watching someone like oil up wood, like it sucks up and somehow comes back to life or something. Or a bodybuilder. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've been at the beach. (laughs) Oh yeah, because because you're you're living at the beach all summer, so you're not going to the studio, right? Right. Yeah, the studio is is far away right now, and I miss it. And so I have different things that I'm painting here, than than just my oil paints until I have a studio at the beach <laughs> one day. So so what are you doing to keep keep your your makey fingers happy? I started doing some little paintings on rocks, which like I did last year, and so that that was fun. But I actually have been doing a lot more iPad drawing because it's just not messy. I don't have to set anything up. I like, and I don't, I've been painting with acrylics because that's what I have here. I have acrylics and I have gouache and the acrylics dry so fast and they frustrate me. So I made like (laughs) three little tiny rock paintings with those, but then my paint all dried up and I was like, Ah, flip the table right because now I had to remix all my colors and it was really frustrating (laughs) to have it dry so quickly that's the reason I don't like them in the first place so I moved on to iPad because nothing dries an iPad and (laughs) there's an undo button and I've been really enjoying digital painting and I have one that's like pending to post on Instagram by the time we were after we record them. I'm looking for a really good quote about the ocean to put with the post. So then I'm going to post that the drawing that I did. But I've been really very into the iPad drawings. And I tend to do that more when I travel. So I guess this is kind of like traveling. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been doing? I've been throwing a lot and like experimenting with 
again, more weird shapes. Mm-hmm. I had a, I did a market a couple of weeks ago and it was we had to drive for like three hours because I'm trying to do some more like local but not local to me markets, like small sort of craft markets. Mm-hmm. And for a number of reasons, it wasn't that great uh, because they had for a long time been a food only market. And then the organizers had changed and they changed it so there was food and like handcrafts. But most people didn't know that. So we like most people came there to this little courtyard sort of to like get carrots and eggs and like that kind of thing. So it wasn't <laughs> And a bowl to put them in. Exactly. But like I think I think people do have to sort of be in the mindset to buy stuff. So we I made it into the black, which was nice. Yeah, that's great. Not by much. Mm. <laughs> it it's when you you only you're like driven far and it's quite a a project to uh, like pack and unpack everything you get a little more bitter but with every market i'm just like as long as i make back the fee that's when i'm okay with people admiring and not buying mm-hmm. it's so funny though because there's this a couple of like other sellers who were a certain type of like farmer old man type people and they were actually farmers because they were selling their own products and you know they come over and like well I've seen worse ceramics and you know that's like the Uh-oh. highest praise you can get from that kind of you know what I mean yeah. like that kind of where they're like well I've seen worse and saying things where like on the face of it you're like okay but then you realize certain type of older farmer gentleman right you know saying oh this is edible is the highest praise you can get for food that kind of thing so it's really funny and I think also because a bunch of them would come over and like try to talk a little and I think because for a second, I was like, this is, you know, odd. They were just like really enthusiastic. And because I watch too much TV, I'm like, this is a cult. What's going on? And then I realized they were just like really happy to see someone from, you know, the big city. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because I live in the biggest city in, in Sweden. It's like we're about two million people. We're not a big city for the U.S. But, you know, coming down, driving that far and like bringing some new blood to this. So I think they were just like, please don't hate us. Please appreciate like, well, not like that, but. I think they just wanted to sort of encourage me and encourage me to maybe come back. And that was really nice. But I have a couple more markets planned uh, this summer before I travel. And hmm, we'll see how I, how I do. But I have one specific like craft market for knitters in September that I think will probably be better because really like people are really, really there to to buy. But you never know. It's it's you you really really never know. On a completely different note, I want to recommend a show on Netflix. We're not sponsored. It's called Blown Away, and it's a reality competition show about glass blowing. Ooh! And if you have blood pressure issues, make sure to take your meds before you watch, <laughs> because like I love uh, reality competition shows, and I love this kind of sort of people who are very good at what they do and you know I've talked about Pottery Throwdown and and Sewing Bee which are British shows and this I think it might be either Canadian or like Canadian co-production because there are several Canadian people in it and people are very nice in it but it's still a little more hectic people are still very nice to each other but it's 10 glass blowers in um, they call it a, a hot shop but like a, a glass blowing shop and it's this huge building but it gets super hot in there everyone's sweating because I, I talk sometimes with, with uh, Pontus, my husband, about how ceramics makes for a really interesting reality show because you have to wait for stuff to dry. Mm-hmm. And in glass, it's also very immediate, but also so sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like 
things shatter, you hear like crashing glass. And sometimes, you know, you've been working on something for two out of the four hours you have. And then you tap something wrong or, you know, tiny little misstep. And it's just like crash, boom, bang, tiny slip. It's, oh, goodness. And, you know, you almost feel like I, I catch myself holding my breath, forgetting to breathe because I'm so stressed out about someone applying decorations or a handle. And you just know because it, if, if you've ever seen glass being blown, it really looks like this like almost live organic thing and it looks like taffy almost and you forget that just a tiny shift in temperature even before it's completely cooled before it's like glass glass will just like kill it completely and it's so anyway glass blowing is very impressive you should watch this show i think it's eight or ten episodes and i hope there's going to be another season it's just Oh, it's oh, it's oh, it's 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 a work. It's a workout for your heart, seriously. Um, so so this episode, we were going to talk about a book about creativity, and we were both going to read it and talk about it. And I'm not going to say what the book is because I feel bad about like, because it's I think it's partly the book's issue, partly our issue. Because turns out neither of us could get through it. Neither of us could get through like more than ten percent of it. I, think. I couldn't get through the introduction. <laughs> okay, Seriously, I got a couple of chapters because it was about like creativity and and creative souls and people. And Were we reading the same book because mine seemed like it was supposed to be like that, but getting into it, it was like marketing art. Yeah, exactly. That could- and I did not like that. It was too. I was like, uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> this isn't what I want. I don't want to. I don't. No, stop trying to monetize my hobby. <laughs> like, you know, like, I just, I could not get into it. Because it was also this thing of like, well, first we're going to talk about the, it was, it was too philosophical and meta. I was like, okay, the first half we're going to talk about how we place value on things, but in this very highfalutin way. And I mean, I'm, I'm an academic. I like the highfalutin, but I was like, this is not what I'm here for. And and maybe also it's unfair because I thought going into it, it was going to be more along the sort of, if not self-helpy, then at least like self-reflective kind of book, you know? Yes, that's what I thought it was going to be too. And this was just like, I no, like it, it, no, it, it wasn't for me at least. And it's possible I would have appreciated it more if I hadn't been going into it thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get some stuff to take away and some stuff to ponder. But no, it wasn't for me. No. The same way that I've realized over the past however many years that I'm not as grumpy or angry or cynical or bitter as I think I am, I've realized that while I'm very much skeptical about it, I do appreciate a certain type of, again, if not self-help, then self-reflexive or self-reflexive forcing type of book Mm -hmm. to sort of challenge yourself either, you know, if it's creativity or relationships or the way we look at, I don't know what, food, pets, weather you know that kind of thing are you that kind of reader not really i i can find i i can appreciate a book that that is good in that genre but i need the book to be written a little bit more tongue-in-cheek like more funny i need it to i need a, a book to make fun of itself a little bit if it's going to be helpful it can't be too earnest like it should be earnest in the sense that it believes in what it's saying yes but 
it can't be too like either for, for me at least either to like this will change your life everything and this is applicable to any, anyone and if if it's not applying to you then you're just not trying hard enough and it also can't be I just said that I was an academic but now I'm going to say like it, I feel like the book can't be too much up its own butt no it totally can't be because you know why it is I don't like when books take themselves too seriously and think of themselves as the pinnacle of all of what they're talking about. And I just, I like when a book has a little bit more of a casual edge to it. And that's what draws me in because I feel like, oh yeah, this book's just having a little chit chat with me. I can hang, we can Mm -hmm. hang out, make a little joke here, learn something there, change my mind over here. Like I'm totally open to it when it's speaking to me like that. But when a book gets kind of mm, too bogged down in the technical and in the just dry, drawn out, overinflated ego. I do not like it. I don't like when a book has ego. Or even whatever the opposite of dry is in this case, when it's like too, too, like not like personal sticky, that thing of, of, because I think sometimes, I don't know if it's a problem either with authors who think that you have to be that or it's editors who either want you know, that they want some sort of edict, like this is what you have to do. They almost want it in like bullet points or they want it to go way too much into memoir because sometimes somebody's story and experiences are super interesting. And other times you're like, this is the eighth time you've used your three-year-old child as an example and it's still not applicable, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's super applicable. So it's not, it's not like I hate personal stories. I don't, I, I, when they're relevant, they're amazing. There's a podcast called By the Book, where the two hosts, Kristen and Jolenta, they read a self-help book or something that isn't even necessarily a self-help book, but they read it that way. Hmm. And then they follow it. They live by it for two weeks to see, like, did it change their lives? And it's it's all sorts of stuff. Like, it can be diet books. They only did one diet book and, and they didn't do it again because one of the hosts, it, it affected her too badly. But, like, it can be money. It can be decluttering. It can be going into nature. And even if the self-help books don't have, you know, bullet points of, like, these are the seven steps, they sort of find and create them within the books. And I really appreciate listening to it because it also forces me to consider my life through these books that I most of them I wouldn't have read because they're so self-helpy they're not like hey this is a way that you could possibly think about creativity they're like going into nature will change your life make your hair shinier (laughs) make you lose 40 pounds uh and suddenly you will have lots of crisp 20s in your pocket you know like that kind of thing which is where I go no thank you What, what were you hoping to get out of this book not necessarily what you thought it was going to be but well like why did you think that we should read and talk about it um it was given to me as a gift and so i wanted to read it and and it's it was you said not what i assumed it was going to be but that's exactly why i wanted to read it because (laughs) i assumed it was going to be something else i thought it was going to be more of a reflection of an emotional journey about art Mm -hmm. that people go through and kind of being able to read it and commiserate with other people's experiences or this one person's experience or whatever it was going to be like because I assumed that that's what it was going to be about I was way into it especially right now because I'm feeling much more emotionally attached to art and I wanted to experience that like hear someone else's experience with that. Mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't that. So <laughs> I totally shut down. I'm like, this isn't what I want. Throw it away. <laughs> I can't. And so I, I didn't give it a big chance. I probably should give it a chance again uh, soon when I can get my head around of what it isn't and maybe what it is. So maybe I'll give it another chance. I'm not sure. Or maybe I'll talk to the per. I will talk to the person who gave it to me and ask them, what did you find useful in this book? Because that's what I really want to know. And I think that that will be a helpful exercise and maybe like hearing firsthand from a friend who I love and respect what they thought of the book, then maybe I will have an opportunity to give it another chance with a more open mind. Maybe it's that, you know, uh, kind of like when someone says, well, you know, watch the first season, get through it, it'll get better because you, you're going <laughs> to love the second season, like knowing why, why you want to get through it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think, if, you know, for me, it was the same thing where I was like, okay, this is probably going to be a little, you know, a little cheesy, but sometimes I like cheesy. And then I was like, this is not at all where this was going for me. And you go into it in completely the wrong the wrong mindset what if we were gonna if you were gonna like wish for a book about creativity then not just about like people what would you want in either a self-help book or uh, a memoir or a collection of, of interviews like what what would you want what would what would have made you happier uh, I think just what I kind of expected this to be was I would have really liked it to be more of a an idea or experience that people would have with coming to terms with, with their art or finding a voice or like, damn it. it I'm an artist. I just, Gosh, I just darn want, it. I want to hear the progressive story of people saying like, I'm terrible at this. I worked at it. I got better. I started to feel confident. Then the, the sunshine and rainbows came out and everything was amazing. And I feel really good about myself or, uh, so that's I guess that's what I kind of wanted <laughs> which I feel like now is like a conference talk right like that feels like it, it sounds also a conference talk a little bit like a Spider-Man Origins movie yeah <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking for a good epic hero moment here but with art instead of superpowers yeah <laughs> I wanted a light read for the summer that made me feel good but this this was not that I think and maybe now I'm getting in an an idea for a book myself or maybe like an offshoot podcast of make do or something because I feel like when you said conference talk it made me think of of how a lot of both conference talks and books and articles they're either people who are just successful where they're looking back on their lives and even when when they share their failures and and you know the hard road there it's often from the perspective of and now I'm in in you know MoMA or whatever mm-hmm and I feel like I either want to, I mean, it's it's kind of depressing maybe to talk to the people who gave up or who, or maybe, maybe not depressing if you talk to people who didn't give up, but who are like completely happy to be hobbyists mm -hmm. uh, or maybe talk to the people who are in the failure stage or not necessarily, but like the difficult parts of it because it's it's funny that I said Spider-Man. I didn't think of it at the time because I love uh, superhero and fantasy stories about the everyday life, mm -hmm. like who does the laundry at the superhero headquarters, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes I want that. And that's why I appreciate this podcast and podcasts like it and blogs and Instagram, because you get the everyday stuff of like, 
mm-hmm. you know, this painting took this long or this isn't going great or I am six and a half out of ten happy about this painting. It's not going terribly. I'm just, you know, in the midway parts. And I feel like conference talks and books don't necessarily leave room for that because I think people think it's not an exciting story. But wouldn't you want to read a book with just like 10 random people who maybe do, maybe don't use, you know, the capital A word, but just like, what do you like to make? What what do you create? Without it being about how that also helps them be a CEO or a mom or whatever. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it feels like that there's always there has to be this big epic end to everyone's story. And it's like, well, why? Like, why can't we just be, (laughs) you know, like not bring it anywhere? And I guess that's why other stories are told, because there is a big epic end. But it's nice to think about that you don't have to have that in order to have a story yourself which is is kind of nice and romantic in the simple sense that it's just uh it's just there and everyday people have heart too and it should be heard. Yeah, I also now, now I'm just having all the ideas. Somebody else make this. I'm too tired. Uh <laughs> you know, talking to successful artists about all the stuff the the other either mediums or projects that they gave up on along the way. Partly maybe to remind people that you can find your thing when you're in your 50s as well. Like you don't have to do 10,000 hours before you're 15. Yes. I lo- I would love to hear about people's failures. Like it just not total failures, but like I had this thing, I gave up on it and I moved on and it took me time to find the right thing. Uh, I think that that's encouraging. Yeah. And not just I gave up on it and then 30 years later I came back to it and now I'm in MoMA, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I also, I love finding out what, like celebrities who are celebrities for other things do. Like when you find out a certain actor, oh, he does cross-stitch or... (laughs) Who's an actor is doing cross-stitch? I can't think of anyone. (laughs) There was was a a football player in the 70s who did cross-stitch and who was on like TV shows talking about it. And I can't remember his name right now. We just found out that the police chief in our town or maybe one of the policemen. But anyway, he makes the he makes cupcakes and he has a business called Cupcakes and it's the best. That's amazing. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like that that kind of thing, either of celebrities or people, you know, for something else. It just makes me happy because I think it makes them happy. And I think that's fun to be more than one thing. I don't know. Mm hmm. Welcome to my TED Talk. What if, because we talked about what you'd want in a book, but what book, maybe like the title, what book do you either wish existed or that you hope the listeners will tell us actually does exist? If we could have like a little summer reading wish list. Because like I said, I I love books that are just like people telling stories about things, uh, hopefully Mm -hmm. edited well, because not everyone is a good storyteller. Yeah, like, like you said, stories that don't have like a neat bow at the end necessarily. I would like recommendations on graphic novels about being stressed about your own creativity or self reflection. Mm -hmm. I think that would be pretty good. I've seen a couple of those here and there, and I would like to know about more. Do you know uh, Lucy Bellwood, who did as a hundred day project? Oh, no, it was Inktober. But then I think she kept it going for 100 days about like her creative demon. So was she drew. uh, So she's a graphic uh, novelist and, and illustrator and she has this like little fairly cute like black demon type figure who's just like telling her about why she's bad and how she talks to it and some days 
she convinces it that it's wrong and some days she doesn't. And I think those were collected into a book. So I'll, hmm. I can link it in the show notes. So that would be my initial immediate recommendation. I kind of, I love books of prompts and I don't actually use them enough. You know, those things of, I think our friend uh, Adina showed me, which reminded me that I have those books that they're like 238 things to draw or yes. that kind of thing. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't use them enough if at all, but they make me happy. She had one of those here this past week. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love, you know, th- they can be books of prompts of like things to do outside that are pretty or whatever. Like, clear, I can't invent them because I don't know what they are. But right. so you you want a recommendation on like some of the better prompt style books? Yes, for... please. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> for anything, for doing anything, but just the best ones. We don't want yeah. the garbage. <laughs> Well, I mean, tell us about the garbage, too, because that can be really, really fun. I just probably won't <laughs> won't buy them. I keep coming back to now thinking about like how like how you were talking about sort of like what you do when you're when you're traveling, because I'm going to be traveling a bit. And maybe you need a book about traveling and creating and prompts for that. Possibly. Aha. That is very smart. And also I need to actually what I need is a book uh, that is maybe even just a plaque that says, Julia, don't buy art supplies when you travel. Oh, why not? That's a terrible plaque. Nobody wants that plaque. We've talked about this before. I I don't need necessarily another sketchbook. What I do need to do is bring a sketchbook instead of being like, well, I don't want to pack a sketchbook because it's going to take up space. And then I travel. I'm like, I want to draw. And then I buy a sketchbook and then I come home and I have all these sketchbooks. So I should just like write to myself, like bring a sketchbook, bring a bag of pens. If you really need another pen, you can buy a pen, but you know, don't need to. And I, I, you know. We both love buying art supplies, but sometimes mm-hmm. when you're traveling, you don't need to fill your bag with more stuff because sometimes yes, that <laughs> that $10 sketchbook suddenly becomes like a $70 overweight charge because it's not the only sketchbook you bought on your on your tiny little you trip. You can oh. buy small things. Brushes are light. Pencils are light. That's true. <laughs> Cute little erasers. I'm considering getting an art-themed tattoo on my trip. Whoa, that's exciting. Can I watch you get a tattoo? I've never seen anyone get a tattoo. We can ask. Not all studios want you to bring people, but we can find one that will let you join me. Excellent. I guess technically all tattoos are kind of art themed because they are an art form. But so what's your do you have a a big planned project for the summer or is it just like chilling out doing whatever you feel like on your iPad? Right now, it's chilling out doing whatever I like on my iPad. But I also have a lot of little mini um, books of paper, like sample paper, like stuff that I've gotten in art snacks or around. It's just like a tiny little sampling of watercolor paper or like super long, weird sizes. (laughs) And I kind of want to do a little series of like gouache paintings on those. So that's... um, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And then sometimes I'm walking around on the beach and I find like a piece of driftwood and I was like, oh, huh, I should paint something on this piece of driftwood. So I bring it home and now I have like a small little pile of weird things that I might <laughs> paint on. But the problem I have with painting on strange objects is after it's done, they're just sitting there. And I'm like, this is just weird. I just have this strange pile of very dimensional paintings that are just on things. And I don't really quite know what to do with them. But it kind of keeps me occupied and it's really fun and it's a way to just chill out and listen to music and listen to podcasts. So 
it keeps my hands busy and keep you off the streets i've also been um practicing my guitar a lot more than i ever have before and i'm getting better so that's encouraging that is nice that turns out you practice you get better what that's that doesn't that doesn't sound right uh what about your um local summer town craft fair that's not happening. I mean, it's happening, but without me, because <laughs> I do not have a, we are in a rental. So we are, we don't have the space for me to have hauled everything here and started like a collection of things in order to sell at a fair. So even the driftwood we're going to stuff? postpone that to next year. I'm not going to sell. Like, I could put that out on a table for my son to sell outside of the door. Like, <laughs> or the people that are passing by on the beach if I really wanted to. But it's it's not enough to sell at a fair. And plus, I like doing it at my leisure. Like, I just, I don't want to be like, oh, man, I have to do like 12 ro- rock paintings today. I don't want it to become a job. Mm-hmm. And you monetize my hobby. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to monetize my hobby. And so it, that feels like a lot of pressure. So I don't even know if next year I might do it because right now I'm in the art mood of I just want to make stuff when I feel like it. And I don't want to be pressured to make stuff for production or sale. Mm-hmm. Even if I might be able to sell something that I've made, I don't feel like I feel like those are two very different things. And so I'm not quite there yet. I, I think I thought last year I had to be there. So I put that as a goal because it was like, oh, it's something I can reach for because it's it's concrete and there's a date and it's a thing. And when I really thought about doing it, it didn't make me happy. So I'm I'm letting it kind of hover out there for maybe the future. And I think that's super, super good as well to to sort of reframe our goals and not see it as a failure, like a giving up feels awesome no (laughs) but like giving up can be I I am a little self-helpy today but like giving up can be an act of strength as well when you admit that either this isn't good for me or this isn't actually what I want and I don't need to hold on to it just because at some point I or someone else said that this is a goal that you have to achieve yes thank you everyone should hear that again just just rewind that and replay it actually I'm gonna clip that for when we publish this show because (laughs) that's really good I, I I like that a ton ton what about you for your summer as you're traveling do you have any plans to create or make things on the go besides buying multiple sketchbooks <laughs> well i am going to do that because i always do and then i'm like well i forgot to bring this kind of pencil i think i just want to do more travel sketching i do it sometimes because mm-hmm. it's fun to you know paint buildings or weird plants that are different than what you're usually watching mm-hmm. um and i also want to get better at at painting on my ipad because I've done like more sort of cartoony stuff, but I want to, I want to be like Tiff. I want to be good at the painting on the iPad. I want to make oranges and stuff. <laughs> I do have to post some of my oranges. I've, I'm almost finished with some of them mm-hmm. with the big orange group. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, iPad painting, it, it's so much fun. It's such a, it's so much fun. You should do it. It's fun. Yeah. I figure it's, it's one of those things that I can do. If I don't feel like knitting when I'm watching, you know, TV or something that I can mm-hmm. doodle with digital paint and not just to do the cartoony doodles, but work on like textures and colors and stuff. So I did my little my little dot project, my like uh, the abstract ocean dots. I did that while watching TV. It was very chill. It's just nice. Lots of dots. It's good. <laughs> 
See, you don't have to draw. You can just make dots and it still looks really good. Yep. Well, I guess that is drawing. It is drawing. It's just different. <laughs> you don't have to be figurative. That's right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us this week on this book beachy travel episode of make we, do we, we gave up <laughs> on the book we did we gave up on the book and you know what it felt so good it felt <laughs> so good to let that float away anyway you can find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do and we are make do pod on twitter and instagram and you can find us individually at tiffany arment and at julia scott s-k-o-t-t and give us a rating on overcast apple Podcasts, or wherever you do that kind of thing and make sure you tell your friend about our awesome show because we like to help people and the more people we can help the better so i guess we help do we help i don't know we just kind of talk at them and we think we might help <laughs> I hope we help uh, because because we help us. I feel like we help us. So that's it's all good. It's all good. I think sometimes it's even how, you know, if, if you want to make a decision, someone else makes it for you and then you go, no. And because now you know what you feel. So I think when people mm-hmm. think we're annoying, suddenly they know what they feel. Exactly. I love it. You you help me and I hope I help you. But we'll be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do. Make and do 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 make and do 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 do. Oh, is that our new song? <laughs> I think we'll get. No, wait, we can't get sued because the whole thing is nobody knows who owns the rights.